Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome to my show, my little humble corner of the world. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, downloading, all that fun stuff. I usually have musical guests on here most of the time. That's just the way things have kind of shaken up. And I've had other types of artists on here, photographers, writers, and especially more recently, I had a great writer on named Cameron McWhorter who wrote an amazing book. Check out that episode on talesfromthecorners.com or look up TFTC with Bob Nebel. That is a long E-N-E-B-E-L. Check that out wherever you get those podcasts. I believe... I'm available everywhere. I'm pretty sure it took a lot for me to get to Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, not music, Apple Podcasts. It took a little bit, a little trickery on the nets there. I figured it out. Just like a whole bunch of other things I figured out here. It has just been so fun. I believe I'm getting to the fourth year here doing this. I'm not really one to get nostalgic and figure out how many episodes I've done, although it is on the counter somewhere with my provider. Anywho, this is a great show today. And we're next. Oh, wow. Valentine's Day. I got to get honey something here. Honey. People really love to get into a lot of people love you either love it or loathe it. Right. Or I guess there are very few or indifferent. But uh, Valentine's Day. Wow. It's upon us again. It just kind of creeps up on us. Like right when the new year starts, actually, like pretty much right after Christmas. Like what? Now we're into that. The next holiday. Guess what? I just went and I don't go very often. We went to the Cracker Barrel and they always seem to be about three seasons ahead. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, Valentine's already like right. Like even before Christmas. And uh, oh, you go to Walmart. Oh, my gosh. It's like. We're just getting like ice storms as we're, I mean, not here, but like across the country. Um, we're in winter time and they already got the spring stuff out there. I know you got to, you got to think ahead in retail, but they got that stuff out on the floor. And I worked in retail many, many moons ago. I mean, we stayed ahead maybe by a season, but like these days it's like, I don't know, two, three seasons ahead. Cause I can remember back even in that very, very hot summer, which we get here in the Southeast which uh, I've been here many moons and it, it still bothers me. But anyhow, yeah, it's like, you know, you're in August and they've got like Halloween stuff out. It's like, I can't even think of Halloween. It's stifling hot out here. Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up upon us today. I have a really great guest. He is from Tennessee. He's in the Nashville area. Dave Coleman of a group called The Coleman to take off on his name. And they do great music, a lot of country influence, but a lot of uh, rock as, and pop as well in, in their repertoire. They have a new album that's coming out in late March. I am releasing this on the heels of the first single that came from that album called Everett. And it is a great release 
listen to it. It is just absolutely fantastic. Get out there and get it wherever you get music. Pre-order it right now. I am releasing this before the release of that wonderful album called Everett from the Coal Men. So without further ado, enjoy our lovely conversation. What a great guy. I had a great time speaking with Dave Coleman of The Coleman. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, you're up in Nashville? Yeah, yeah. Um, just we're frozen up here in the middle of a little weird ice age, so... Yeah, it happens much more up there. I'm down here in Atlanta, and when it happens here, we really don't know what to do. It's uh, I've been here many moons, and it's just always <laughs> an issue. I don't know how bad it could get in Nashville. You get a little bit more being a little bit more north of here. I guess it's been nuts. We uh we've been kind of held up at the house, and uh we've had a it's been we made the most of it. We were going to go up to Roan Mountain State Park uh, and get a cabin, my wife and I, and uh, but uh, we're not going to make it. We got to reschedule. So. Yeah, it's always dicey in these months. Yeah, anytime you plan anything, it's like it gets really, really, really dicey. It's like, I don't know, is it going to, it could be beautiful one weekend and then some other weekend. It's just this crazy, crazy snowstorm and ice and all of that. So you, you know, obviously you have power, which is a good thing. Yeah, we, we really lucked out with all that. We, uh, um, everything's been great here at the house. Really grateful for like a, a the, we, but we bought this home about 15 years close to 15 years ago and remodeled it. Uh, and back when you could get a starter home in Nashville, you know, and uh, <laughs> not so much anymore, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, we love this place. I, my studio for, for making music is here. And uh, so my commute's great. I don't have to get outside very much. And uh, when it gets bad like this, so we're, we're really, really lucky to have this place. So. Yeah, and doing what you do, you could do it straight from there. It's not like the old days you had a truck down to a studio and and do most of your work there. You could do so much at home. Yeah. Oh man, it's been great. Yeah, I, I, it's great to get out of the house every now and then. The cabin fever thing does set in, you know, um, whether it's traveling and playing with a band or or uh, gigs or or sessions at different places. But it's so great to have it right here. So, um, about to, I, I noticed you're a runner, right? Yes. Yes. Great, oh, you've man. done your research. Well, um, but I, uh, I'm a big fan of running. It's been like a great sort of mental health, like, you know, thing for me through the years Mm -hmm. to, to keep me sane. And, uh, uh, but about, I guess it's March two years ago, I slipped and broke my ankle on the ice. Uh, I always worry about injury. Well, I was going to the doctor. I was on my way walking across a parking lot to go to a a doctor and it was, it it had iced over that morning, that morning. And I'm not a morning person. I got to get get up and get going, get my coffee. So I went straight there, slipped on the ice, broke my ankle. And uh, so I never want to do that again. So uh, my wife got me these amazing, uh, they're like these Amazon crampons, which are like sort of cleats that you put around your shoes. Huh. It's incredible. These are new, new gadgets and, and tools to use. Uh, <laughs> but they're hilarious. <laughs> look looking. that up. <laughs> oh, man, they're uh I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. Yeah. Good. We need the visuals here because we do put this on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Just like little, little, little buy, buy them at home and put them on your feet. So safety first, folks. 
<laughs> snow chains for the feet exactly. as we are in there. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. As we record this, your new single Black Cat is out. Yeah. It's exciting. Oh, I love yeah, that yeah. song. That's a great song. And you have a video to it. You know, I grew up making, if you've done your looked at my uh, bio, I grew up making super eight millimeter films. It kind yeah. of became a thing for me. I well, love that. I so appreciate that. Your video has a lot of that. Yeah, I uh, I started using um I mean it's all, you know, uh, modern technology. I wish I had uh, had an older camera that could access that kind of stuff uh uh being able to develop or or, or get get films like that made and and sync audio and and video which is like, you know, uh, going down the rabbit hole of sort of video editing, which you know yeah, all about. Which I do. Uh, yes. It is it is a uh, it's a challenge, but I, I find a lot of great um, parallels between making music and video editing, you know, making, making it rhythmic, and, you know, creating an arc and, you know, storytelling with the visuals that you get, even if they're simple, you know, um, you can really, and oh, so here, here's a, maybe you've had this at some point. I, I, I did the black cat video, you know, film that and, and edited that together. I was doing another one the other day and uh, I th this is what happened. I, I, I had some old footage that I thought I had it in the can. Great footage, really cool ambient stuff. And I started to put it together for the song, uh, editing it together rhythmically, you know, hours and hours deep into this project. And I get it to a stage where I'm like, I'm going to print, I'm going to, I'm going to print this and, and see if it, uh, see how it holds up. And it was terrible. Still. <laughs> That's uh, I had that's the thing about <laughs> film development too. Well, even well, you get that with video too. It's like if you shoot something even on digital and you don't have like a monitor nearby, I know it's really hard to focus with the HD camera. So you can come back with something that's a little out of focus and it's like, ah, my God, I had the perfect shot. And this yeah. thing is like, you can sharpen that in editing, but oh, that's yeah. so frustrating. Well, just, just that, uh, you know, I was heartbroken at the time. I thought, oh man, this video, I spent so much time working with my band trying to get this video together. But it was a good, you know, humbler moment where I, you know, just let the creative process flow, see it through. And you're not always going to win. If you win, it'd be easy. And everybody, yeah. everybody could just, you know, throw it out there and make it happen. But, you know, uh, it, it was a, a great humbling moment. And and again, like I, I'm with what I do with video stuff for myself or artists like Tim Carroll or, or um uh mm -hmm. john bird i've done some video work for i try and stick with a very simple medium and concept of how i how i do things and and uh um so i kind of stick within my lane and i'm always uh really really i have just enough knowledge to be envious and uh really excited about other people's videography of when they really pull it off and do something great yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't really know about so much your backstory. Did you grow up in, in Tennessee I, I, and you yeah. were interested in the nature in, yeah. in Tennessee and wanting to be a park ranger? Yeah. So my mom was a park ranger uh, for 23 years at a little park called Big South Fork up on the Cumberland Plateau. And uh, it's a really rural pocket of the Cumberland Mountain or it's the Cumberland Plateau, essentially. And mm -hmm. uh there's a beautiful park up there called Big South Fork, and uh, it's was founded in the 70s. And it's a big horse equestrian park, lots of, uh, but it's really seldom visited. You know, you get the Smokies, which is the most visited of all yeah. the national parks. 
Well, that's that's the east side, but just you know, very very similar uh, is all these sandstone bluffs and cliffs and arches up on the plateau, and it's beautiful. And I, I loved growing up there. It was very Andy Griffith kind of growing up in a little town called Jamestown, and oh, cool. we had our little little Presbyterian church and my little elementary school. And you know, living in Nashville, there's all these school choices for kids and you know, folks folks that have have kids uh, and uh, everybody has elementary and middle school. And that, that wasn't a thing for us. We went kindergarten through eight with the same kids and then high school with the same kids. Uh, so, it, it, but it was a great place to, to, to grow up and, and, uh, and live. And I wanted to be a park ranger, uh, but I uh, music, I had been playing music and it just, it drew me in and, and uh, there's that, all the sort of mafia um lingo from movies where those like they you know i try and get out but they pull me back in you know <laughs> that kind of thing i could never i could never stop music i i'm i'm kind of a what what people joke around about lifers and a very blue collar you know i've had this band for coming up on 25 years um so that luck of having that family has kept it going all these years too yeah, how did the band come about? I mean, obviously you started music very early and got the excitement for that. Oh I mean, man, yeah. yeah. Well, we uh I in college, um, I started writing songs and um uh essentially uh met a fiddle player, uh wonderful guy named Kevin Aerosmith, who was in the band early, and he knew a drummer in Murfreesboro and the bass player, the original bass player in the band. I had grown up with since I was a kid. We we were neighbors. Uh, I guess knew each other since maybe age four or five. Lived on the same block, you know. And uh, a guy named Jason Hitchcock, wonderful guy. And uh, but we grew up playing music together. We were just kids playing around, and it, it was you know, we we weren't particularly good at sports. Uh, so we we found yeah. uh, you know a path to hang out and do stuff. And uh, so Hitch was in the band for many years. So but the drummer Dave Ray was there since the very beginning and uh but we started playing uh down at mtsu uh, the, the school that they were going to i was going to belmont university in nashville tennessee um a presbyterian at a baptist which is a, a college which is hilarious but um, <laughs> um uh but we started the band we started jamming and started doing just local gigs and i had a batch of about maybe 10 songs and uh like i said we were originally a five piece. There was uh, Kevin Fiddle, um, Jason Hitchcock playing bass, Dave playing drums, and a wonderful uh, college friend and incredible musician named Justin Shipper, who's now a pedal steel ace uh, session guy here in town. Um, but Justin was in the band, and, and I was roommates with Justin for many years in college. And uh, it was just a hot band. We were like a bunch of kids, really still learning our instruments. And, you know, I, I was in that great period of writing where, where, you know, you, you're fearless and kind of naive. So you got some really good, you know, unique things and, sure. and some real clunkers too, you know, but it was exciting. And uh, so we, we, uh, we started gigging all the time playing here in Nashville at a place called windows in the Cumberland and another place called the flying saucer. Um, that there, there's a few of those around, but at the time it was a sweet little gig. We, we would do every Tuesday night, and I'd have some buddies come come and open up who were older guys that were really experienced, like sort of my heroes in town. They would come and do an opening set. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then our band would play. And uh, yeah, so it... It's weird. Just it's a chain of events that unfolds in your life. Like, how did I get here? Well, there's a a, a bunch of links that kind of line up, and here you are. I don't know. So, <laughs> like that Talking Head song, "How Did I Get Into This Place?" <laughs> it's like oh, what? Dude. It's so true, and it's so true about life as well. So you've probably seen all the changes in Nashville as as it has exploded. You were talking earlier about like, yeah, expenses change too. It becomes yeah. more pricey. It's, it happened here in Atlanta, especially with the hip-hop industry and the film industry here. So in, in Nashville, it's, you know, Music City in itself. So yeah. I'm sure, yeah, that's a place that's just exploded. Yeah, it's... So my wife works for the Chamber of Commerce, the Nashville Area Chamber of Commerce. So I always joke around with her that like, hey, you're doing too good at your job like this this is really you know over the top these days but uh she's also really taught me to embrace like the city's changing and uh and growth is better than decline and it's either sure. or there's no like maintain like that sweet nostalgic moment of your favorite version of that day or that or that place so uh um she's taught me a lot about that and uh but I still there's so much of what I loved 20 years ago. It's still in, in Nashville. Things do fade away. But I mean, uh, I I don't want to be nostalgic too much uh, um, to uh, this. This this sounds like pure vanity, but it has a point. I have a I have a song um, of of the bands uh, that has a line in it that says nostalgia is a waste like no other. And uh and not that I had any great epiphany there. It's been said probably a million different ways, but uh, but I, I want to try and enjoy where I'm at and uh, what I'm doing now. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, you absolutely have to to do that. Um, totally. So it's been a while uh, since your previous release. This has been about eight years now. And, and yes, so it, having we, this new album. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's not that I've been like, you know, retired or anything like that or the band's not been playing we we've still, still been working a bunch and 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 uh recording but we we made this record pre-pandemic um and uh um we were wrapping it up ar- around the time of the pandemic but didn't feel like it was a good time to release and um so much of my day is recording other bands and helping other artists mm-hmm. make their records um i kind of transitioned into doing that um just kind of a utilitarian path. Like I, uh, in my illustrious rock and roll and country music career, 
I've worked in a coffee shop many years to, to support my, you know, to support the bills and all that stuff. But I had this skill set of, of recording and playing guitar that I essentially just let that be my job. And, and like I said, I don't really know how it happened. It kind of just happened and unfolded, uh, in, like I said, all that great community, um, here in Nashville, those things, those people that I loved 20 years ago, that community that, that I was a part of, uh, has made that happen because it, they trusted me to help make their records and record and, and be a part of their band either live. And then maybe when it time to came to record a record, they'd trust me to start it and see it through. Um, so I kind of took over that role as being a, a sort of a day-to-day -day, um, instrumentalist and, and producer here in town. And, uh, but the band, it's been a little while. Like I said, we, we did a, a record I'm uh, really proud of called push to the side back in 2016 and uh that was a um each record kind of has a different shift in tone and what dave and um now the bass player is a, a wonderful guy named paul sloka who i've known for 25 years he he joined the band whenever jason hitchcock left uh, back in around 2011 so paul's been in the band longer than hitch
Oh, that's cool. And Jen worked with Cheryl Crow on uh, what specific projects, just stuff that she'd been doing up in Nashville. Um, the most recent couple records that that she's done, I, I I'm not, I can't think of the names of the offhand, but she's been part of that road band. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's crazy to think that Cheryl Crow is a legacy act now. You know, who's I know. Like, you know, I didn't feel like oh, like I, it was. I remember that Tuesday Night Music Club coming out, and it was the coolest thing. The Globe Sessions is incredible. So, um, uh, yeah. her and her husband, oddly freed, uh, are now, uh, part of that road band and it's just an incredible sound and band. And Jen has, has, uh, brought that band down here to record a while back, um, for, a a, a little side project she was doing for Vanderbilt university. She's, she's also a teacher at Vanderbilt university. She teaches, uh, the history of rock and roll. Well, I, I once took a class like that. Yeah. I mean ago i was at ohio university and oh, i yeah. did that and it was wonderful the guy passed away years ago but uh one of my uh, it was kind of an assignment to review a, a rock show they had stevie ray vaughn come down with the fabulous thunderbirds oh man no way <laughs> yeah it was like what it was incredible it, yeah, it was like yeah. a huge huge name this was uh early 1986 <laughs> we're going mm -hmm. on Too 38 cool. years <laughs> I mean, well, like I, oh uh... my gosh that's pretty legendary. I, um, it's funny you mentioned the Thunderbirds. Um, uh, so we play down in Key West a lot. We, we travel down there and cool. play and all these about 18 years, we started going down there, uh, years ago with a, a couple members of the, of the band, the Mavericks, um, mm -hmm. the original drummer and bass player, uh, Paul Deacon and Robert Reynolds, um, would go down there and sometimes they'd ask other people to come down and put together a band. Um, and so started going down there to play, brought the Coleman's down there and uh, um, uh, on the jukebox at one of our favorite late night bars down there, I heard a record by the fabulous, fabulous Thunderbirds. Oh. Um, and uh, man, it, it just killed me. It was one of the, it was one of those moments where every now and then you hear something that just you connect with and you're like, that's my music. And for me, like even, you know, recording a lot and working with different people, like, Every now yeah. and then I get that little hit feeling of hearing something and that blowing your mind. And I happened to hear this fabulous Thunderbirds record um, uh, and uh, down there in Florida and and that they've been a big influence on me. Um, and just recently um, with a friend uh, of mine, I got a chance to play guitar for an artist opening for them here in town. Um, uh, the fabulous Thunderbirds and man still rocking, still like harmonica playing, like soul singing the everything's in the original key just incredible so well big wow. big fan of those guys these yeah. many years later yeah wow i i can never forget that but this great new album is coming out in late march yep. as we speak you got your first single black cat out which has like this really great t-rex vibe to yeah. it yeah it really does it really captures that yeah so <laughs> check that out yeah we uh like I said, we jump. We've we, stylistically, we've, we've sort of, I say, jumped around, but but it's within sort of the, our our strengths of what we do. I I hope, um, but this record is really three piece focused, and like you said, I, I we leaned into the T Rex thing a little bit, and uh, I'm a big big fan of Tony Joe White. Um, I have like a one. I have like a two octave range, you know, <laughs> like sing singing kind of low. So kind of leaning into to that low voice thing um, uh, with the band, 
after all these years, you know, you, you've got different stages. The first record I've, uh, that we did was back in like, I guess, 2004, the first official record. And I listened back and my voice is so high and I had a little bit of more of a country twang when I sang, you know, I kind of put on like a, like sort like of a, a, a metaphorical, like, you know, country suit when I, when I sang a little bit. Yeah. 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 But, I could feel that through the, yeah, through, through the years we I've kind of chilled out and just yeah. sang like myself and sort of found my voice and uh, re really proud of this thing. And, and Dave Ray, the drummer in the band sings such great harmonies on, on the record too. He's just, he's got such a, um, a more powerful voice. And anytime we play live, uh, I, I use, if there's a, a house sound engineer, I have to, I have to tell him like, I sing kind of quiet and the drummer, you don't even need to use a mic. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> That's so a feat, really. Yeah. He's, but he, man, uh, so, so, so happy that Dave got a chance to really shine singing on the record. So. It's amazing that a drummer can sing at the same time. You've got to have a special kind of mind. Wow, you got to practice a lot to drum and to sing. Don Henley, I watch. I'm like, how do you do yeah. that? It's yeah. just magic. Well, for like recording records and, and working with different singers and trying to find the best in what people do, I, I kind of get sort of hyper-focused sometimes because the vocals, you know, ideally the most important thing of a, of a, of a singer songwriter song, you know, it's no brainer, but, um, but the control thing is weird. Like, you know, whenever, whenever I sing, um, I try and be intentional, but you can't just manifest it or, or tense up too much. You kind of got to relax. But, um, even when I'm tapping my toes, you know, to the, to the, you know, rhythm of the song while I'm playing guitar or on stage, if I shake my body too much, my pitch it'll like create a different kind of vibrato in my in That's in whatever right. tone and maybe you know you know sort of like maybe self-conscious of, of like maybe push and pitch a little sharp or flat sometimes so how somebody can drum and physically move their body and still hold a hold a note yeah i don't know how they do it yeah incredible incredible great song and it's it, lyrics are kind of interesting too. I, I really enjoy this. I know her girl named Sue showed me her tattoo. I, do we do we know a Sue or is that just like this is just you know it's convenient you know, easy to rhyme? Well, it's it's I won't say it's like you know William Shakespeare. Uh, there, <laughs> there's deeper songs, um, but I think the the idea of this record um, is not to be too precious, you know. Um, I, uh, there's so many great people writing intentionally like masterful songs or going for that, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I just wanted to make a record with my band or, and make a rock record that felt good. And to me, like everything on the record has a flow to it and there's a relaxed vibe to it. Um, uh, and the songs are simple. You know, I, my favorite yeah. writing, uh, personally, uh, that I I try and do emulates folks like JJ Kale or even this even Merle Haggard in in the in the distilled simplicity of, of it. That's what I love about uh, the writing uh, the writing process is finding that simple uh, message and then and not over singing, not overplaying. You know, um, there's moments to shine, moments to be to be uh have hot licks or whatever in there but uh but just the re relaxing into it and letting the band 
crews and and sound like a unit and play well together. That's what really I think this record, if it has if that's one of the strengths of it, is that just that gelling, relaxed thing about it. Um, it's the rock record, I think. Um, but I don't know that it's some people could put roots rock or 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 still have the country thing in it. You know, there's no no escaping that little color that kind of makes it that to some degree. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a blast to write songs. But yeah, it's no William Shakespeare, but it has a vibe and a feel um, and an attitude. I think, and I think that that was kind of the with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The the main thrust of that of that song, and and a few other uh, others on the record. Like I said, I'm not trying to be a uh, um, Bob Dylan uh, with my writing on this one. Yeah, and and you shouldn't. In variety is always the spice. Let Bob Dylan be closer to Shakespeare, yeah. and you, know, you could have fun. And you know, it's been around for many decades now. The whole genre. You got great guitar solos throughout this project, which reminds me that how do you come up with that? Like, and rather be right. I love the song too. Oh, it yeah. kind of has that comical edge to it too. Yeah, great, great guitar solo. Oh, thanks, man. Um, well, I, I, uh, I love rock guitar i love country guitar but but uh there's a couple players that really kind of like inspired me through the years um pete anderson who played with white yoakum for many many years uh was a guy who would get right on the edge of of falling off a cliff like making a tragic mistake but then the power of that is he would get real wacky and then pull it back in right right on the cusp of like disaster and uh uh, so that, that always made it interesting to hear that player. And just before I got on the call with you today, um, I was listening to, to, um, a guitar player named Danny Gatton, who's, I, I had the hot licks video, like, you know, as a guitar player, like, uh, when you're young, uh, like I would get the VHS tapes of like, Oh, the, you know, Eric Johnson, uh, how to play that lick. Well, Dan, Danny Gatton had one. And, uh, I, from, from that video and listening to his records, I picked up what I could sort of translate. He's a, he's an incredible genius, like way beyond, you know, most any mortal human being, but, uh, but there are attitudes and, and like, sort of like, uh, like I said, that pushing that, that limit um, that I tried to pick up from, from, from Danny Gatton's plan. Uh, and it was great watching those videos. Cause, cause it reminded me like, Oh, I do that. Oh yeah. That's, that's kind of, I, I still do that, that I learned from that Danny Gatton video. And also uh, thanks to Hot Licks videos for, for some attitude on, on that solo particularly. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. And, and just like some of these lyrics on Rather Be Right, it's like, is that a character or is it just a melange of characters? Well, that that one to? is, uh, I, I will say, I uh, I wrote that with my buddy Carrie Ott and we, ha we did have someone in mind that we were kind of <laughs> calling out a little bit. And, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, we all know those people there. My, uh, we were talking the other day I wanted I wanted to do that. That's the one. That's the song. Um, Rather be right was a song I was trying to do a video for, and it has that character in it. That's sort of right. like, you know, maybe needs a little advice on their their attitude. You know, um, uh, how they're approaching the world, and uh, and the video failed because it I didn't really have a character in it. It yeah, was really yeah. kind of ambient footage, and it needed that kind of like reference point. And uh, I just I couldn't get the right footage together to do it. I didn't want to subject any of my friends to be that guy. Yeah, can, yeah. Can you act in? <laughs> I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to put a label on that person and say, "Hey, this you know, can you be a horrible human being for a minute?" Right. It either goes one one of the other ways. Either you get an actor to do that, and you kind of do a concept video, or you just simply do a straight on performance video and let people do yeah. the visuals. Yeah, yeah. But the the only alternative I I came up with is uh um here in the studio I've got a I've got I happen to have a bunch of tchotchkes, you know, of of junk around the house, but but I have a wrestler, a Mexican wrestler's mask. And I was like, "Oh, maybe if we we maybe if we make this character ambiguous, <laughs> we don't have to like embarrass anybody. They could just be a stand-in, you know, like strong bad or whatever." You know? We all know people like that, and, and people like that, they they would argue with a fence post. It, it's yeah. just, I know so many, especially being in media and and doing this as long as I have. You just got these characters. It's like I don't know how you could have this kind of. I guess it's somewhat of a narcissistic attitude too. It's it's kind of part of that. It's like they just you know know it all's everywhere, and they've just got to get that last word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. The, uh, um, like you said, I mean in. Maybe it's maybe it's most industries. I don't know. Maybe there's lonely jobs that that people don't don't have to deal with with uh, humanity's ups and downs. But uh, but yeah, in music, there's a lot of egotism and narcissism and 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 uh, um, self sort of self harm. I, I don't know. It's it's um, it's something that everybody deals with. We all have fragile egos, you know. Yeah. I remember yeah. just recently this last year. Um, a buddy of mine called me and he was really bummed that he, uh, he had played on a record and, um, and nobody, nobody was dismissive of his parts, but he wound up another guitar player came in and played on the record. And, uh, and my friend was just destroyed about it. And, uh, and I, you know, I was like, Oh, I'll be your wise friend. I'll, I'll give you a little advice. Oh, don't worry, man. You, this has happened yeah. to you. This has happened to me. It happens to everybody. It's no big deal. Here I am, this wise guy. And then like three weeks later, um, uh, I had a similar thing where I was just crushed. I was just destroyed by my little fragile ego being like, you know, exploded for that day. And, and uh, but perspective and all that was really tough, you know, but yeah, try and do the best you can. <laughs> how did you uh, learn how to play all these instruments? Did it start with a guitar and moving into piano? How did how did all that yeah. come about as you were growing up? Yeah, um. Uh, my folks were so sweet. They're uh, such supportive parents. Um, neither played an instrument growing up, but they knew I, I loved it and uh, and had 
had a real excitement about, about it. So I had guitar lessons from a great uh, teacher uh, for four years who I just reconnected with, which is so exciting to reconnect with this guy who taught me guitar when I was 10 to 14. Like really excited. Uh, he's, he's in Knoxville and still playing and still sounding great. So I'm excited to catch up with him. And then another great guitar teacher, um, a guy, at, uh, a man named Randy Googe at Tennessee Tech. And I taught, or he taught me guitar lessons for about another three or four years. Wonderful teacher. So I had these teachers that, that leaned into, I played mostly by ear as a young person. I didn't, never really got the discipline to sight read, but uh, but doing that lesson foundation gave me this this really fundamental working class um, uh, capability on guitar. So when I came to town, I could start to hang, start to start to play, and and not only play with other people, but but have the the um, the sort of uh, knowledge to write songs. I, I I knew where things could go in at least fundamental form. Um, mm. And uh, so yeah, the guitar just was so fascinating to me. It's still it still is exciting, and uh, and I love that energy. But just like picking up guitar for the first time when I was a kid, when I started playing other instruments, I, I would get that excitement and start to really dig in and obsess a little while, you know, like, you know, you get, you know, you get down a rabbit hole of like, oh, man, uh, the mandolin, I want to really sharpen what I got. So I, I go down that rabbit hole. Uh, so it's sort of like a hobby. Some people, you know, play Dungeons and Dragons and I, you know, I pick up the whatever instrument I'm trying. I, I'm still trying to play pedal steel. I, uh, I've recorded it somewhat uh, on on different projects. I've made up some solo records and things like that, and played on records. But um, playing live with pedal steel is so incredibly intimidating because it's there's so so much room for error, and it, you know yeah. it's like a fiddle in a way. I, I've never tried fiddle because that's an instrument that like if you're bad, you're bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, unforgiving. Uh, but yeah, all these all these instruments are just kind of offshoots of being excited about music and wanting to hear different sounds. Um, I'm not a big hot lit guy. I don't I don't like to play a ton of notes or or be super shreddy. But producing and recording other people and and with my band, sometimes it's not just a um, a new lick or a, or a new uh, riff or something like that. It's about what can you do with that that tone shape? Can you double it or harmonize it? simple lines, simple melody lines, singable things, you know. Um, and so uh, having a facility on, on different instruments has given me this this chance to have this palette. Uh, here at the studio, I've, I've got a bunch of guitars and instruments, and that's just an expression of like, hey, I, I want to have these tools at hand. I can grab and play. And uh, if I have an idea for a certain sound, I can find it. It's in my library, so to speak. Cool. And the band's name is obviously a takeoff of your last name. So did that just hit you one day? It's like, this is oh kind of man, it's you know, I think everybody <laughs> who ever starts a band years later is like, ah, oh, we should have named it something different. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's been great all these years. It's sort of it's again, it's that introvert in me. It was like, I, I wouldn't call it Dave Coleman, but I can yeah. call it thinly veiled guys of Dave Coleman, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know, it's uh, a there's a little bit of connection with um, at Big South Fork where I grew or, or close to where I grew up. There was a, a historical mining company called the Stearns Mining Company. And so we spent a lot of time up up around Big South Fork. And so I kind of felt like it was a good tie in. And, and my um, 
my my album collection when I was a, a late teenager into my twenties was just this big gamut of roots rock and roll. You know, I loved um, everything about where I grew up. Ironically, because when I grew up there, I wanted to leave. Um, but uh, but ain't that the way? <laughs> <laughs> it's always the story, right? No matter where you're from, it's like, yeah, I got to get out of this place. I was that way about Cleveland. Yeah. You know, and the, the similarities were, yeah, if you're not really into sports, yeah, there were people like, hey, man, I've got to be in a band. And there were some big people who came out of there. Oh, man. Just like, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, on, uh, there's a guitar player here in town that, um, it's a guy named Jack Silverman, and he's a Cleveland guy. And man, Jack took that route, man. He, he uh he played so much in Cleveland and, and was a big part of that scene, but but uh he came down to Nashville and super expressive, you know. He he found his home here and he's on fire and making great music all the time. So, you know. Cleveland's got a great history though. I we uh when we were two or through through uh through there, uh um we would go by the rock and roll hall of fame and and of course we're a small band traveling through. Um and uh but they would let us in if we just brought them their, our latest record. Oh, cool. Free of charge. Nice. They just, you know, and I thought to myself, man, in Nashville, the country music hall of fame could never do that because there's so many bands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all over that place. Yeah. Every yeah. corner, there's a band. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The rock and hall of fame and, and just um, lots of great times going out there and traveling through. Yeah, yeah, it's always based on their environment there, and I remember it was just it's that blue collar feeling. There's a lot to uh, tap into there, just like Springsteen did up in New Jersey. There's just so much, you know, just really being empathetic with the struggles of the everyday common person there. So just yeah, just yeah. totally amazing. But this new record is great, and you uh, recorded not everything. How did you put it together? Was it all done by file? A lot of people I've talked with over through the pandemic, it's like, yeah, I sent this file over here, and then I sent this to my mixer, and it all came together here. Everything was done just so virtually through all this technology. Yeah, that's been that's been a, a, a tool I've had to utilize a lot with other work, but but this this most recent record was all done here um, here in the studio. We uh, we got together and recorded everything here. Um, uh, the last record uh, pushed the sides um, in that, in what you were, that, that method you were talking about, we recorded those basic tracks actually in Key West. Uh, a great okay. friend of mine, Lance Taylor has a studio down there and we recorded the basic tracks down there. He sent those files to me and I did the overdubs here and then uh, mixed it. And then a wonderful mastering engineer named Alex McCullough mastered it. Um, who's done work, uh, who's helped, helped me all these years. But, um, but yeah, this one was done all here and it, it was great to sort of own it. I've, I've recorded so many other bands and other artists all here. Um, but, uh, but this is actually, I think the first record where from start to finish, even I think all the songs were written down here too. So, so it's kind of comes from this little humble studio uh on howard avenue so yeah 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 there's a little history there with that in nashville in in that area so that's just always interesting uh but whoever would have thought you know decades ago you'd be able to do this from your house yeah. you used to have to go to a studio big old tape machines yeah. it's just such a hassle i'm sure well, you know, <clears throat> it's the dream for sure to have yeah. all this um any uh, or a lot of musicians would get a four track home home studio um, back in the 80s or late 80s or 90s. And 
Tascam made them, and and uh, we we would even set up. We would play. We would record on one boombox, and then play it into another boombox and play along to get our overdub, and then do it again and again. And you know, that's multi-tracking like that was was kind of that's how I first figured out how to do it. But yeah, to have have all this ability at home uh, without having to get like a you know beg for some sort of loan, you know, or you know have a credit card debt for years uh building this here at the home at the at the house and having this chance to to record from home incredible yeah it's living beyond the dream when i was a kid i actually came a uh, little side story i came across uh, a high school thing uh, a little english assignment that they made us do about your life goals um when you were in high school as a freshman oh, wow. you know and uh um my mom was getting rid of all the stuff. So I, I, you know, I grabbed it, I took a read through it and I was like, Oh my God, I, I've done everything I wanted to do when I was a kid. Like, yeah. so now everything on top of this, like, I, I feel like I won, man. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's like, what is it? That 10,000 hours they talk about, like they put into it and that that's yeah. how you could master your, your, your career, your dreams. So all from Inglewood is now that is that a, that's a neighborhood in it's a neighborhood. Nashville? Yeah. We're so, um, Nashville's, I mean, Atlanta's got so many neighborhoods and pockets right. and different vibes. And so, uh, we're just really proud of this street. Um, um, like I said, we moved here. I've lived over in East Nashville since about 2001, since I got out of college. Really identified with this art, really creative scene. But when, when we moved over here, I used to live one street over, like at the same number, uh, about 15 years ago. And then we bought this house and uh, we just identify with this place. Our neighbors are amazing and, and we, we love this little pocket. And so that's why I say Ingl Inglewood. Um, I'm just going to kind of want to, name check our, our little neighborhood that, that we yeah. love so much yeah you're not too far to the cumberland river it's, it's no, just yeah, about a three miles town oh yeah. yeah yeah love that tennessee river in nashville just they they've done so much there it's just a, a great place so i mean the cvb i'm doing the work for your wife there yeah, <laughs> yeah right on, right on. sell CV. it sell it to you <laughs> <laughs> come on up i really like to do one of their uh marathon half marathon i think it's yeah. uh, rock and roll but uh yeah the the that rock and roll country country music half marathon's great and um there's a couple different races that, that i've done through the year there's one called the flying monkey that's at, at uh, percy warner's uh, which is beautiful beautiful park um yeah there's lots of great races so yeah come come to town and and, and do a race it's so good. yeah yeah, I've only passed through on the way to Louisville more recently. I was in Nashville. I spent more time there many, many decades ago. But uh, yeah, they have a song called Love This Town. Is this referring yeah. to yeah. just yeah, your passion for it? Yeah, um, I wrote that with my friend Mark Winchester, who's an incredible bass player and uh, has a wonderful project called Sizzle Went the VCR. Um, he, but he's a, such a witty dude and so smart um, and has lived here long, long, even longer than than, than i have i think he moved and moved to town in the 80s but but he he and i wrote just we started just expressing that that idea of how much how much it's changed and uh and a little bit of snarkiness about it you know i i say i i just got through telling you all this you know i i don't want to want to be uh nostalgic and here i am oh maybe i was being a little nostalgic you know <laughs> so, that's music right it's complicated i'm a complicated human being <laughs>
<laughs> and, and speaking of being nostalgic, you're nostalgic for Joe Strummer. That must have hit you one night. Like, oh yeah, damn, I miss this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, there's uh, that's that song uh, I wrote with my buddy Jamie Rubin, who's um, I used to play every Tuesday night um, with his band called the Carpetbaggers Local Six One Five at this killer club called the Family Wash and. The family wash uh, has had gone through two iterations at two different places, and uh, and Jamie's now got this incredible uh, um, venture called the Eastside Bowl, which is a wonderful venue and bowling alley now. But the family wash we played all the time, and and Jamie and I wrote this song um, uh, about Joe Strummer, and yeah, just one of those heroes. You know, he's almost like a, uh, you know, he's like a. Um, he's a leader. You know, I mean, like somebody who who could teach. Uh, not just through music, but through action, and and uh, and and bring some uh, bring some political awareness to things, which is you know a little dicey sometimes with musicians. People people sometimes don't react well to that, but uh, but Joe did it kind of loud and proud, and and maybe he's that extrovert that I kind of wish I was on you know on some level. <laughs> yeah, it's really tough because you don't want to alienate audiences. We're so polarized, so that's you know some probably best is for most musicians to kind of stay away from that is especially yeah. uh yeah I, I even the legacy acts i mean some can get away with it but you know i see comments online uh, you springsteen you suck <laughs> it's like what haven't written a good song in 50 years you really suck it's like come on <laughs> yeah well I, you know i think there's great ways to do it um to be subtle about it you know and you know everybody's got their opinions and and uh if you're making the art say what you want to say i i always encourage other other bands and artists who come to town to really just embrace embrace who they are don't try and chase anybody like be as weird as you possibly can be be as much of you as you can possibly be because if you try and chase somebody else it's been done you know right really well really, really you know so uh um not to say we we're not this you know big you know uh stew of whatever influences we've got going on but uh but yeah be be as weird as you can be but uh yeah the the subtle ways of, of being political or expressing what what you really care about um maybe that's maybe that's what i try and lean into a little bit yeah and they always say um or they the experts you always do better you know being live so are you, are you performing quite a bit are you touring a lot more these days we're, we're we're doing a lot of stuff here in Nashville, and we've got some trips planned to Florida. Um, the band used to tour a lot up the East Coast through uh, up through um, East Tennessee and Virginia, and North Carolina, uh, D.C. and New York, Philly, and th those places, and a, a lot of but a, lot, a fair amount up in the Midwest and stuff too. But um, but right now um, we're not going to be traveling a lot. What we what we'll do is play mostly here in town, and and. The great thing about this Florida shows all these years is it's afforded us the chance to, to meet people from all over the country, all over the world, really, that would come down there and play. It, it was almost like having a cruise ship gig. You meet all these people from all, all around the world. And not not that uh, not that I don't love traveling and seeing other towns, but we've done that so much through the years. After all these years, I uh, I think it's it's a good time for us to be creative and and release stuff. Um when the band wants to and when we feel inspired and if we can keep this family thing together i feel an obligation after 25 years i'm like we can't break yeah. up we got to yeah. keep this thing going yeah. um, 
And uh, but thankfully, the guys are, are, you know, really so, so into it and supportive. And, and uh, it's been like a second family, like I said, to, to keep this thing going. Um, but we'll we'll do a little bit of traveling. Um, there's some some chances to to get out and play. Um, you know, the industry changes so much. I have a degree from from Belmont University in music business from 2001. Oh, the whole thing's changed. Oh, yeah. The whole thing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment all in general, and it's going through this, what they call disruption. I don't know what oh, that means, but yeah. it's a huge disruption. It's so changed. Yeah, and it really has. It's um, just because technology has gotten involved. Now we're entering into the age of AI. So, like, yeah. what's that going to be all about? Yeah, what uh, it's um, going to be fascinating to see the pros and, and cons of that. I mean, I, I know at least in in the technical side of recording music, I mean, technology is your friend. I mean, lean into it and be expressive with it. You know, the Beatles would have used Pro Tools and Auto-Tune all over the place if they had the the ability. They they totally would have would have done it. Um, so use the tools at hand to be. To, maybe it just empowers creativity. That's that's my that's my hope and positive spin on it. So. Yeah, we hope so. That's it's just not going to replace. It's just going to enhance and improve. Yeah, Beatles have definitely proven that. And, and you know, constantly bands been gone well over more than half a century, and it just you know it keeps repeating, it keeps uh, you know improving upon itself through technology. Yeah. It's really amazing. It is. It uh, is funny. Um. Uh. So recording a lot. Um. I mentioned the auto tune thing. Uh. And here's an odd observation. Uh. I've I've met a few young people who have grown up since the dawn of autotune and hearing it on pop records. And, um, and I've met, I've met a few young people who sing as if they're autotuned. Oh, wow. Who, who subtle, it's subtle, wow. but they're, they're, they're note transitions from like little, little flips and stuff like that huh. emulates, uh, naturally somehow, uh, like a, like a, a mockingbird would, would figure out how to do a certain melody like they're able to to achieve this like almost auto-tuned sound so that technology has become part of how people experience music in that it, to, to that generation or to those people um but it shows you and man i don't know it's 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 going to be here uh people are just their music's always changing and being influenced by the tools uh at hand you know reverb and echo all like that wasn't a thing in the original days. And we all, you know, so many people use those, those tools yeah. now too. Oh, that's really fascinating. That's a good story. So uh, how are you getting this out? Is this getting any radio play? You just uh, counting on more streams through Spotify and services like I, that. You know, I, I think the, the sort of idea is, is we've had uh, a lot of a, a small core group of fans through the years who, who are aware of the band and then, um, helping uh get the songs out to to sort of local radio and radio stations that we've been fans of and and who followed us through the years um i don't have a massive budget for 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 promoting the record you know we're 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 very kind of diyers um so my 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 plan is just to really kind of push it out there as much as we can and and see if friends can lean in um and tell uh tell their friends about it i mean we have a, a a wonderful um, publicist, Mike Farley, who we, we had worked with a long time ago, helping out um, connect, they connect or he connected us. Um, so we'll, we'll do our best to kind of get these videos out there and, and get some streaming going on. 
Uh, and definitely there's been some great radio stations like WMOT here in Nashville and NCW out in North Carolina that, that, uh, that we'll definitely make sure that they know about the record and hopefully play it. So, yeah, six album. Uh, it was always Vascalides Records. Is yeah. that was always the label? Where does yeah. that name come from? Oh man, uh, there's the movie Office Space. If you're familiar with that, movie. yes, yeah, okay. I saw it years ago. Oh, it's a great comedy. Um, but there's a character who's the neighbor, and uh, what it what it comes from is that me and Dave and Hitch, when we started the band, we loved that movie. We all had temp jobs at the time. And we were kind of living like that. That movie told our life at that point. We were miserable at these day jobs. And uh, <laughs> but there's a character in the film who is a, the neighbor who is really kind of grumpy and, and sort of a a, a a hilarious character. But but uh, there's a line that we misunderstood because I think he said a different town, but we thought he said Vascalides. But but the line was something like, yeah, I got to get up at oh dark 30 and do the drywall at the new McDonald's down in Vascalides. <laughs> And we, we laughed so much. Well, like that was just something we would say all the time. And, uh, and like the tin can thing, I don't mean, I don't even think that he mentioned, I think it was like Phoenix or something like that, but we heard that and that became part of the, part of our joke or inside joke. And so that's always been our little, little imprint. So <laughs> that's great. And you've gotten some notice from Todd Snyder. Oh, one of the yeah. primary songwriters. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a he's a, a wild guy and uh, but he's been really supportive uh, through the years. We've done some touring with Todd, and uh, I've done some reporting with him and um, worked on a handful of projects. He uh, he's he's an inspiring guy, um, uh, both musically and and just a creative spirit. You know, he's he's a lifer. You know, like um, he's a lifer that'll you know has built a thing that's so admirable. He's just and he's a great storyteller. I. Mm. Um, typically when we play, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a few stories every now and then, but I love the power of the band, but he's, he's one of those guys who can tell a great story and, uh, and wrap people up in that. So. Sweet. Well, good deal. I really appreciate you stopping by and yeah, man, thank you, black Bob. cat is out, man. Thank you so much for having, having us. And yeah, I hope people spread the word a little bit. We're just a, a little working class band and uh, we're, we're keep keeping it going and, and making the, making our little brand of music. And we can find you, you could find you online. Uh, what is the website? And then you're probably on all the streamers like Spotify, yeah. Amazon music. Yeah. The Coleman.com, uh, the coal as you would burn in the stove and, and men.com uh, all, all one word for the website. And then I'm on Instagram at, uh, at the Dave Coleman. Um, and then, uh, and then Facebook too. Yeah. That's basically kind of, kind of what we're doing, but, uh, but yeah, all, all the Spotify stuff, you can check out years and years of different records and videos. Um, uh, it's a, it's been a lot of, a lot of fun going through this and finding different ways to make music with these three guys. Good deal. Take care. Best wishes. Okay. Thanks a million, Bob. Have a good one. And that was really great. I really had a good time with Dave here. He just has a really wonderful album out. He's a great writer. He's like, yeah, I'm no Shakespeare. Who is? I mean, I wouldn't even go near any of that. Uh, or a Bob Dylan. There's only one Bob Dylan out there. That is for sure. Thanks for hanging in with me throughout this entire episode. I hope you enjoyed it. 
keep on listening. Uh, I have a great catalog of great interviews out there. Talesfromthecorners.com or check out TFTC with Bob Nebel wherever you get your podcasts. I prefer Apple Podcasts, but uh, check it out on Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get them. Take care, folks. Have a good one.